Hello, and welcome to Fantasy Talk Show, a place where heroes come to tell their stories. Our guest today is Hedda the Knight, a Shabti that was placed in the Material Plane against her will. In this interview, we talk about her adapting to the Material Plane, discuss her take on the term evil in general, how she feels about interracial relationships, spoiler alert, very pro, and also discuss how she wants to live out her life in the long term. So, without further ado, Hedda, welcome to Fantasy Talk Show. Hello. How are you today? Uh, I'm doing quite well. How about yourself? I am doing fantastic. Thank you. I'm glad to hear it. I'd like to start off by asking you to tell us a little bit about who you are and the world that you come from. I am Hedda the Knight. I come from originally the Abyss. Currently, I am on this material plane in Galerion and traveling with my companions for now. Traveling with your companions? Who who are your companions, if you don't mind me asking? We've got my very good friend, Emberhorn, and he's an infernal goblin. We've got Bar, who is a half-orc cleric, I think. I always forget. They, these um, mostly humanoids are, are very confusing to me sometimes with their distinctions. There's Magic Man. Oh, I know his name. Erasmus. Yes, that's his name. I just, I call him Magic Man. He reminds me of all the magic <laughs> men that I've ever known over the millennia. So they, they all tend to blend. Oh, sure. Uh, we've got our party rogue. Everyone's got a rogue. And um, the psychopomp who, oh, well, he and I, we don't always see eye to eye. Oh, interesting. Me being the abomination that I am. <laughs> oh, oh, really? <laughs> yes, well, Phrasma doesn't seem to take kindly to constructs on the material plane. Um, if we stay in our place in the abyss, then we're fine under her eye. But um, yeah, I guess when we're released, she tends to have an issue. When you're released, is that is that because you said you're a construct? Uh, yes, uh, as, a, as a Shabti. I possess a part of someone else's soul. Mm. I I bleed, I breathe, I eat, I sleep, but I was not made in the typical fashion through biological means. Uh, I could see how a goddess of birth and death might not be too uh, keen on that particular way of coming to be. Yes. <laughs> So uh, you're from the world of Galerion. Is that uh, a city or is that the name of the world that you are from? That is the name of the world that I am from. I don't recall the name of the village that I came into being on this plane. There was a very nice skald that I met, Thorgrim, and he helped me acclimate myself to this plane of existence it was very cold as you see i've got these beautiful silver wolf pelts that he gifted me when i decided to head out on my own and start writing my own sagas to honor him um, he was the first being to show me kindness and the only being to defend me when others threatened my existence on this plane i didn't ask to be brought here i i was perfectly fine accepting my fate as 
the one to take punishment for my creator in the abyss. But I was called and brought into being and had to make my way. So the first city that I recall coming to was actually Sandpoint. There was a beautiful festival going on for a new temple and um, everything went sideways from there. As it seems to do with uh, things on the material plane. Oh yeah, sure. Without without things going sideways, we wouldn't have adventures and adventurers to to go on them. This I'm finding to be very true, and they make for great poems and performances. It's made me very rich. Oh, <laughs> well, right on. Hey, use it while you can or where you can, anyhow. Indeed. So, do you remember your life and time before the material plane? I remember torture. Um, oh, probably not something that you want to relive. No, not necessarily. <laughs> Although I did make some allies. When you're in the abyss, you cannot call anyone a friend. Sure. But you can make allies temporarily. And occasionally I've been able to call in some favors from the abyss. Oh. So it's been very helpful having the background that I do. <laughs> yeah, the Abyss is home to many powerful fiends, I imagine. Very, very powerful. And the desire for chaos is very helpful. Mm -hmm. Whereas dealing with devils, which was my most recent adventure, um, can be more tricky. You have to be very careful with your words. Oh, absolutely. And the deals that you strike. The devil's in the details, as they say. As they say. So you have a, a current adventure that you're on. But before we get to that, I'd like to ask uh, how you got there. Maybe a little bit about your past. So uh, as I, I mentioned, I just came into being on the material plane. Um, prior to that, the abyss, just torture, no real adventure there to be had. Just trying to survive um, being that I was created to take eternal punishment. I was never meant to escape the abyss. And uh, here I am. So coming into Sandpoint after my scald training, I was having a great time at the festival and there was a goblin attack. I felt that it was the most correct thing to join in the fray and defend the townsfolk. Um, they were pretty ruthless and also i love dogs so when i saw one of the goblins eviscerate a dog i kind of lost my shit yeah <laughs> part of my foul mouth <laughs> oh, oh it's fine it's fine so i i noticed a few other people um in the crowd helping to defend the temple and get people to safety and you know defending the townsfolk and all of that and met up with them later on in the evening at a local tavern and when you know as it so often seems to happen uh the mayor comes says hey we need help yada yada i say fine as long as there's a good story to be had and some coins to put in my pocket um very many mysteries started piling upon one another and Things were not as they seemed. So we we solved the mysteries. We cleaned everything up, found a goblin encampment. And that is where I met Emberhorn, 
who has been one of my closest and best friends, probably my second friend on this material plane. And my companions, my traveling companions, as it were, they were resistant and hesitant to bring a goblin along. Um, but I convinced them and so did the cleric that we had with us who decided to leave the party a few months later to finish devoting time to Serenray. Um, but our cleric or my my friend, he he conversed with Serenray and Serenray said this particular goblin, this emberhorn, is blessed. He's intelligent and is not evil, which I, I just have such a hard time with that word. Yeah, I was I was gonna say a lot of times goblins are known to just be evil what how do you feel about that or you know even deeper in there you said you have a problem with the word evil uh would you mind going into that a little bit how you feel about the good versus evil dynamic of the material plane i i would love nothing more (laughs) as a being from the abyss many people don't know because i do appear so beautifully human So they take that on face value and automatically give me the benefit of the doubt that I am good. Sure. But all good beings have the capacity for evil and all evil beings have the capacity for good. And it is all situational and dependent upon perspective and culture. What we consider abhorrent in the abyss is considered righteous in the heavens. Mm hmm. The order of certain planes would drive me insane, but that's what's good for that plane of existence. Sure. Now, as to the blanketing of this is an evil group of beings, I I don't think that any group of being is innately evil. It is acting upon its nature. Yeah, for sure. Is its nature different than yours? Yes. But does that make it inherently evil? No. Can you try to diplomatically solve your issues? Yes. Does it always have to end in bloodshed and violence and bigotry? No. And I I try to bring that to my party members' attention every time we come across an encampment of orcs or trolls or goblins or hill giants or what have you. Just can we observe them first? Can we see if they really are the ones causing harm to this town or this city or this port or what have you? Why blindly go in and kill without thinking is that not genocide and how can genocide be good yeah yeah i think that's a very grounded take on on good and evil i i feel myself uh very much agreeing with you in in a lot of what you say i uh i we have many stories in in my world where we talk about heroes and villains but there's been a shift lately into telling stories of villains with the best of intentions and i think that it shines a light on you know just because they're the bad guy doesn't mean they think that they're the bad guy they're not doing evil to be evil they think that they have everybody's best interests in mind that doesn't mean they shouldn't be stopped but 
that doesn't always necessarily mean that the heroes are always going to be in the right either. Exactly. And I'm I'm glad that uh, we brought this up. I think all worlds need to take a better look at their dual view and realize there's room for a little bit of gray. Good and evil is not binary. Exactly. So currently you're traveling with this group of individuals. Where are you guys going? What's your quest? What's your motive? Well, we've been attempting to stop the rise of the Rune Lords, and things have just been getting more and more difficult. Recently, we found some hill giants and trolls had taken over an old dam that was run by the Rune Lords. When we got into the dam to try to fix it and, you know, I wasn't even paying attention to the engineering things. It's beyond me. I know rocks stack on each other and that's how you make a house. (laughs) I'm with you. Yeah. (laughs) So uh, we found ourselves in there and found a starving devil. I brought forth this idea of blatant genocide to the phrasmic psychopomp and we almost killed each other over whether it was righteous or not to outrightly kill a starving being that was held in slavery against its own will. It didn't ask to be brought to the material plane. I imagine you can relate to that a little bit. Exactly. Um, So I wanted to send it back to the Nine Hells, where it belongs, and make a deal with that devil that it was not to return for 10,101 years, 10 days, and 10 hours. Okay. This seems very specific. Uh, again, details and devils. Yep. <laughs> they yep. go hand in hand. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Well, we struck the deal. And because of some religious training that Ember Horn had received, he didn't see my point of blatant murder being blatant murder. Mm. So he and most of the party that I was traveling with were transported to the Nine Hells for breaking the compact. And those were some very scary, sad days. Yeah. Magic Man and I embarked on a discovery process to find out how we could get to the Nine Hells and get them back, summon them back, something, anything. Um, I I really didn't care about the psychopomp and our rogue because I can't even remember their name right now. <laughs> so it shows you how much I, yeah. I didn't care for their company, but sure. I wanted Ember back. And um, we met up with an orcish barbarian that I played very well with. Um, our rages played very well off of each other. And we found all of the solutions to bring everyone back from the Nine Hells. And Ember was greatly changed. Um, they, they tortured him while he was down there, oh, adding parts, taking away parts. And <sighs> he changed in his mind as well. But he's still, still the best mate that I could ever ask for. Right on. Um, 
he and I decided to break off from the party and go plane hopping. I had unknowingly during the process of bringing everyone back from the nine hells, I had actually brought back my creator who was the Pharaoh Ankshasa. Hmm. Is this a good thing or a gray thing? Oh, this is probably not the greatest thing for this plane. Ah, okay. She wasn't very nice when she first existed on this material plane in Galerion in ancient Osiria. Um, she was a very cruel pharaoh. And uh, my blood brought her back. I didn't know, but all I knew is these were the only steps that were available to me to bring mm-hmm. bring my love back. Your love. Yes. It wasn't until I was separated that I realized that I loved Ember. So I, I take it your uh, your take on inner race romance is very pro. Extremely. I would like to see all the half everythings and quarter everythings that there could ever be. Right on. Put us all in a blender. Yeah, yeah, for sure. That's uh. You know, I I have a friend who who when talking about labels of of any kind, he just looks at me and goes, "Why can't we all just vibe?" You know? Yes. Why why do we got to put labels on on every every little thing that is why can't you just accept a person? You know? Exactly. They, they have intelligence, they have feelings, they have a heart. Just you, know, you don't have to love everybody, but you don't you, you know, you can hate people for who they are, not what they are. Exactly. Exactly. Yes. Yes. We do. We do get some strange looks. Um, well, I imagine. Look at you. And I, I don't imagine even if he's big for a goblin. I can't imagine it being. Uh, <laughs> uh, it's quite a sight, I imagine, to see the two of you together. It is. And um, he regularly will go out in disguise just to make humans less afraid. But if you look too close, you see some of the infernal taint, even through his multiple layers of disguisery, which he's a master. I, if I had a hat, it would be off to him. So my tiara is off to him. (laughs) (laughs) So for, for, for the context of the listeners, this is audio. How tall are you and how tall is uh, Ember? I am six foot two. And Ember is about three and a half, four feet. Well, there you have it, folks. Just imagine that in your in your head. It's impressive for sure. And he's a goblin with goat legs because, you know, infernal. Right. <laughs> so you had mentioned uh, the Rune Lords. Is that something you guys are currently tackling still? Uh, and if so, who are the Rune Lords? I'm not familiar with them in my world. They are entities of pure malice and representative of what the material plane would consider the seven most egregious Mm. sins. So Um, no real room for gray area with these folks. Exactly. And the other party members, I believe, are still um, working to some end. Um, Ember and I have decided we're going planes walking. Um, 
We've been to the ethereal plane. Neat. We've been back home to the abyss. Um, well, my home. Sure. And um, now that I'm much more powerful and more connected, my network there has grown. And we're just focusing on expanding our influence on this material plane. Right on. Part of that is starting a shipping empire with our children. And we did not create our children biologically, in case anyone out there is wondering. We made children after both of our own histories. Um, See, my partner Ember has an ember horn. So there is a horn that is crystalline growing out of his forehead. Okay, it's an appropriate name. Yes, (laughs) Yes, <laughs> and it glows, and it glows when he's happy. Hey, right on. Which that's is cute. Why he usually wears his hat because uh-huh. he gives us the way if he's glowing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So we found that other crystalline shards that had the same resonance as his. Oh, we could create children in any image that we desired, and some of our children are a bit frightening to those on the material plane, but they're considered the epitome of beauty in the abyss. Okay. Um, So we leave them there, but then the other children that are more material plane material are helping us to build our shipping empire and uh, hopefully solving an issue of, we we found a, a slaver's ring and I cannot abide by any forced labor or absolutely or imprisonment Mm -hmm. that is unjust so that's one of the larger things that ember and i are now embarking upon right on yeah i like the diversity and and fighting the unambiguously evil powers yes that's pretty pretty just we're we're trying to improve this plane right on so if i may ask you the kind of the final wrap-up question for your story. And maybe you don't have an answer for it. Maybe you do. But what does settling down look like for you? And it sounds like Ember. Or if settling down isn't the right word, what's your happy ending? What does the future have in store for you if it goes as you've planned? Well, if everything goes as planned, Ember and I will be returning to Sandpoint and um, I, I do have possession of an asylum in Sandpoint. So the dream is when it's time to retire, settle down in Sandpoint in the asylum and open a puppet theater. Oh, that is adorable. Yes. And is it going to be uh, the stories that you've embarked on and, and such? Oh, for sure. For sure. I've, I've got an entire chronicle for the Sandpoint history and um, all of our adventures going forth from there. And then also the planeswalking adventures. Those are going to make for some really entertaining stories for people to watch. Are you going to tell any stories of pure fiction or are you going to keep it to the more uh, autobiographical? I believe if... It's up to me only. It'll be autobiographical. I've got millennia of experience to draw from. 
and stories to tell from the abyss. But if I do take on any apprentice, I'll encourage some fiction. Right on. Let's see where their imagination takes them. Yeah, that's great. Uh, well, Hedda, thank you so much for coming onto the show. It's It's been great talking to you. It's been a great pleasure. I cannot thank you enough. The pleasure is all mine. Thank you for listening to my interview with Hedda. She's a character from the mind of Cat Maze using the Pathfinder system. If you enjoyed this interview and want to see what else goes on in Cat's mind, make sure to follow their Twitter at twitter.com slash cat underscore maze, and also their Instagram at instagram.com slash cheese underscore cat underscore. While they don't currently have a project to promote, they wanted me to shout out Impressions of Decay, an artist that makes macabre but truly beautiful art that honors the dead but doesn't harm the living. Make sure to check it out at impressionsofdecay.bigcartel.com. Kat also wanted awareness brought to the Missing and Murdered Indigenous Women, Girls, and Two-Spirit People, or MMIWG2S, a program that addresses the ongoing violence and continued genocide that affects Native women, girls, and two-spirits across the U.S. and Canada, which can be found at nativejustice.com MMIWG2S. Even if all you do is go read and educate yourself, it goes a long way. Lastly, Kat wanted it stated, a message that everyone on the Fantasy Talk Show team supports 100%. Black Lives Matter. As always, make sure to check out the podcast description for all the mentioned content links. Thank you to Josiah Piles for the cover art and to Kylan Small for the intro and outro music of the podcast. Please check out the links in the podcast description for more of their content. If you're enjoying the podcast, please subscribe so you don't miss future episodes. And if you'd like to connect with me or other like-minded adventurers, join the Fantasy Talk Show Discord. You can join by clicking the link in the description. Also, check out my Facebook page at facebook.com slash fantasy talk show or my Twitter page at twitter.com slash fantasy pod show. Talk to you soon.